Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here in the mobile studio with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast on your plethora of programming that is CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got um, the cup race from Dover that actually happened after I recorded the Dover episode. So uh, we got that. We got uh, the results of everything coming out of Darlington. Uh, we also got um, Hall of Fame news. So if you hear any squeaking before I, before you hear anything, that uh, that is actually my brakes on my car. So they're scheduled to get done. Um, so just bear with me on that during this recording. Um, I got a bad, I got a bad break that I, that I'm getting, that I'm getting fixed, so, uh, I apologize if you hear any, any squeaking or grinding, um, but anyway, we're gonna forego, uh, the, the Pop Quiznos section of the show, and for those of you who are tuning in to, um, to hear me um, talk about the Darlington paint schemes. Uh, you will not hear that in this episode, but fear not. Uh, we'll have a special bonus episode just on the Darlington throwbacks. Which ones were my favorite? Which ones were my, you know, I thought could have been better? Or which ones were absolute surprises? Um, but that'll be a whole nother episode because I can spend pretty much all day talking about that. Uh, but let's talk about Dover. Uh, Dover's Cup race was last Monday. Uh, it was um, rain delayed um, as storms hit uh, Delaware on Sunday and forced the race to be pushed back. Man, these brakes are bad. Uh, anyway, so Dover, a track where you definitely need brakes. And one driver who got a big break uh, is Chase Elliott, who picks up his first win of the season, locking him into the 2022 playoffs. It's also locks all four of the Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolets uh, into the playoff field. Uh, Elliott, once again, even last year, was the last of the four drivers to lock themselves in. Um, so the 2020 champion will be competing for the 2022 title. Um, in, a, in a race that actually I did not have a whole lot of um, optimism going in as... Um, As Dover normally is a, a pretty dull show, um, pretty dull running. Um, Dover races really haven't been that exciting in years. It's they uh, very very lackluster. So um, this one was kind of a route. I think the biggest surprise of it was the runner-up finish by Recky Stenhouse. 
Old Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finished second um, in the JTG Doherty Racing number 47 uh, Chevy. Uh, probably, the, I, if I'm correct, that is their highest finish um, since AJ Allmendinger won for the team their only race back in 2015. 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, so, I mean, that's been a long drought for a long-time team. Um, but, uh, yeah, it really wasn't that bad a race. It was, in my eyes, it was better than Martinsville and Richmond, which were just absolute stinkers. Uh, I can't really compare it to the Bristol race because, well, Bristol on dirt, you know. Yeah, how that goes. Um, I just put that in a separate category. But this one wasn't bad. Um, Hendrick Motorsports becomes the first team to lock all their drivers into the playoffs. Um, so, we move on. We move on to Darlington, where we would have a triple header. Uh, the trucks would race in the dead-on tools. 200 on Friday night. Saturday would be the Mahindra Roxer 200 for the Xfinity Series. And the Cup Series would round out the weekend on Mother's Day on Sunday with the Goodyear 400. Which would culminate all of uh, Throwback Weekend. Um, on Friday we would see a rain delayed start for the trucks as rain would uh, push back, would cancel uh, Xfinity Series qualifying and push back the Truck Series race. Um, truck Series race which is won by John Hunter Nemechek, his 12th career win and um, locks him into the playoff field for the Truck Series. And I think this is a huge boost. Uh, John Hunter, who started off the season not very good, you know, had some mid mid pack finishes the first two or three races. I've been able to kind of turn it around. I know the Truck Series has a really wonky schedule, um, but he's been able to turn it around. And you know, he was running well uh, the last two or three races, finally puts his number four uh, Toyota Tundra for Kyle Busch Motorsports in victory lane, and I think this is, you know, you get him on a hot streak, he really can be the title contender I've picked him to be the last two years, uh, so we have that. Um, move on to Saturday to the Xfinity Series race, the Rockstar uh, 200. And this is a race which, uh, like I said, was had qualifying canceled, so the field was set by um, owner's points, unlike the Cup Series, which when it rains, they go through this whole formula, which uses last race's results, lead lap passes, and all this other crap, um, which I truly do not like. Um, I think it's the worst formula ever for non-qualifying 
and I think I, I don't know if I've stated this on the air recently, but um, what I think that they should do for um, for qualifying, you know, not so much the Xfinity series, but for the Cup series, I think it should be drawn like the lottery. You have ping pong balls, um, and you have spots one through forty-three, and ping pong ball will pop up with a, with a, uh, with a number of, for the position, and each team would kind of draw from there. I think it is the most fair way to do it, and, you know, you never know what combinations you can get, uh, at both the front and the back of the field, but, uh, I digress, that's what I would do if it was Cup. Uh, Xfinity, they set theirs by owner's points, so you had... Um, Ty Gibbs and uh, Noah Gregson starting on the front row and two drivers missed the race one of those is a really big name it was the 88 car uh, this weekend that was driven by Chase Elliott now Chase Elliott is a former two-time Xfinity Series champion and he's driving the 88 car for Junior Motorsports uh, no, no slouch of a team either so you know this car was going to qualify and probably qualify really well. Um, but, you know, the lack of qualifying, um, being that this team is only a part-time team, you know, put it back real far in, um, the, in the points that they did not have enough owner's points to really crack into one of those 36 positions on the field. So Chase Elliott uh, missed the Xfinity race. And this is a car which is pretty much an all-star car. As um, previously, the 88 car was driven at Martinsville by Dale Jr. in his singular run. Um, then later on would be driven by Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, and William Byron, all three of Chase's teammates uh, later on in the season. So this is a, a kind of a big thing. But we would see a good Xfinity Series race with Justin Allgaier uh, picking up his first win of the season, his first win since last year's spring Darlington race. Um, which in both Darlington races, he was running a throwback to Dale Sr. Obviously, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s father. Uh, Dale and Kelly are the principal owners of Junior Motorsports. So it was a good nod to their boss's father and one of the greatest drivers of all time, um, unquestionably. And uh, it was pretty good. Allgaier locks his way in. It, once again, a, another team that locks their their primary drivers into the uh, into the playoff race. This time in the Xfinity Series field, as Josh Berry locked himself in earlier this season. And Noah Gregson has won a couple of races early on in the season. So. Um, props to Justin Allgaier, who, I'll be honest, every time I see him on TV, I swear he, he has not aged one bit. 
Uh, this is a young man who came into the Xfinity Series in 2010 after winning the ARCA title. Um, being gifted the ARCA title, ironically, by Ricky Stenhouse uh, and Scott Speed back in 2009, I believe. After their little their little feud at Toledo, which still goes down on one of the craziest things I'd ever seen in racing. Uh, two title contenders who intentionally took each other out uh, to keep the other from winning the title. The bad blood between them and everything else. Um, so, Allgaier wins the Xfinity Series race. Then we get to the Cup race. There were a lot of stories in this cup race. And I'm going to do my damnedest to, um, to get them all in. Uh, because I don't have a whole lot of time, and also I do want to talk about the Hall of Fame as well, because that's pretty big. Um, Joey Logano wins the race on a controversial bump and run, uh, which he, on William Byron, which he called retaliation for, supposedly Byron pushing him into the wall uh, 20 laps earlier. He did this um, on the second to last lap, which caused Byron to go up the track and cut down two tires, which relegated Byron, who was looking at his third win of the season, to finishing 13th. Um, a lot of controversy on that, and a lot on his... Um, playing the victim, saying that he only did it as retaliation, um, when Logano has a history of doing this, being a very hard driver and known to take liberties from time to time, you could say. Um, obviously, Byron wasn't very happy by his um, post-race interview. Um, I do applaud him for not, you know, saying what he really wanted to say, but holding, biting his lip, and just calling Joey an idiot and a moron. So, um, but that's only half the story. The other half were all the title, all the, all the contenders in this race, um, not making it to the end. Uh, Kyle Larson, who was an early front runner, would, um, blow a motor. Kyle Busch in a really fancy M&M's uh, throwback to Ernie Irvin um, would uh, would be caught up in a wreck with Brad Keselowski break a toe link and park his car on pit road uh, as he was not able to turn the car into into the garage area. Um, <coughs> also. Ross Chastain, who would lead a good part of the race, and who at one point I thought was going to run away with the race. And I do, and I will if, admit it right here, right now. I've reached the point where Ross Chastain, I really do believe, might be a dark horse for this title, uh, with just the way this team is run. The last um, this the early part of the season. Uh, he's run really well, um, and um, he would be involved in a wreck coming to the restart, the 
would not finish. Other drivers, other notable drivers who would not finish, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Uh, both drivers who are very successful at Darlington. Eric Jones was caught in a wreck with Hamlin and Truex. Kurt Busch, who, who um, had a probably one of the most memorable finishes uh, in NASCAR history at Darlington with Ricky Craven. Um, just losing out by inches, literal inches, um, in 2003, and, uh, Bubba Wallace, and they were all involved in wrecks, as this race saw as many DNFs as, um, as Talladega a few weeks ago, uh, where, obviously, you'd expect Talladega, you'd have multiple DNFs with, um, with the, the concept of the big one looming overhead. Um, this race was no different. Like I said, the Joey Logano thing, um, a lot of people have been criticizing Joey over, it, it wasn't just the move, it was the comment afterwards saying that it was retaliation, made to feel like he was the victim. Uh, as William Byron, who is probably one of the cleanest drivers in the garage, will race you clean. Uh, I don't expect him racing Joey Logano clean at any point during this season uh, after that. Um, so it's going to make it very interesting, whether it's going to be on a road course or on a short track. Um, you know, I don't think this will spill over like Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Uh, which I found very interesting as both of those drivers had problems uh, qualifying first. Uh, Kevin Harvick was not able to take a qualifying time, started at the back of the pack, and Chase Elliott uh, in his Jimmy Means inspired Napa paint scheme uh, would find the wall in practice and they would practically have to rebuild the, um, the front end of that car. And um, They both finished fourth and fifth, respectively, and um, pretty clean driving between the two. So I, I'm hoping that their their beef has squashed or at least dissipated for right now. Um, so, but uh, that was Darlington. Like I said, I'm going to rate the paint schemes at a, in a special episode, uh, which will be coming soon. Um, I do want to talk the Hall of Fame. It's what I've been chomping at the bit to get to. Um, we had Hall of Fame voting, and it was announced um, right before Darlington um, on who the four uh, inductees are. Now, in the past, we've had five inductees. Um, in recent years, they brought it down to two from the modern era, um, one from the Pioneer era. They, then they have their landmark award and the Squire Hall Award for Broadcasting Excellence. This year, I did not see a Squire Hall inductee. Uh, last year, I know it was the late Bob Jenkins, uh, which was deservedly so. Um, this year, uh, and, and I, I agree 100% with these. I agree 100%. Um, I know that with the modern era, it's kind of up to interpretation because some of these people are, are 
I want to say are fresh out of the car. And in one in one case, definitely, you know, fresh out of the car. Hell, even the the landmark, uh, the not the landmark, the uh, the Pioneer driver is fresh out the car. Um, I, I I wish that it would be at least five years from your last cup race, and if you step back in a cup race, your five years starts over again. Um, but uh, I know it certainly hasn't been five years since. This one driver has stepped into the car. It's only been two, um, but initially, I know he was retired for five. Um, the five inductees are for the landmark award: Mike Helton, former NASCAR president, um, former track president. I believe it was Darlington or Daytona. But Mike Helton was um, the man who was handpicked um, to kind of run. Uh, NASCAR during the uh, late 2000s, uh, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, he was the man that you see in the videos that um, announced the passing of Dale Earnhardt Sr., uh, but Mike Helton was a strong hand in the garage, he was a, the right hand man for Bill France Jr., uh, and later um, for a number of years, Brian France, um, before he kind of stepped away. Um, he, he, he certainly was a, 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 um, a unique uh, member of the sport and a very well-respected man. And I, I think he's finally getting his due, and I, I, I'm happy for that. Um, the, the Pioneer Award goes to Herschel McGriff, a longtime racer, um, the 90-year-old, I believe he's 90, um, competed his last race just a handful of years ago. But it competed on the West Coast, uh, was Winston West contender and part-time Cup Series driver for decades. I think I think they said he raced in NASCAR in six different decades. So that's that's certainly something. Um, Matt Kenseth gets in the the 2003 champion, two-time Daytona 500 winner, um, makes the Hall of Fame. Um, very well deserved, and I agree, you know, on that. And the one that I, I definitely threw my hat in the ring for, and I said he should be in, is four-time Cup Series winning crew chief, uh, Kurt Shelmerdine, uh, the crew chief of the Flying Aces, the Dale Earnhardt pit crew, um, and was with Richard Childress Racing for quite a long time. Uh, and I'm really glad to see Kurt Shelmerdine make it in. I think he would have a lot more crew chief championships. Um, but he wanted to drive after winning four titles. And, um, that's where his passion was. So, those are the, those are those. And I'm very excited to announce that, especially in terms of Shelmerdine, that they are all NASCAR Hall of Famers. So... Anyway, I am going to take a break, and I will uh, catch up with you with the special paint schemes, and we'll talk Kansas uh, very soon. So until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track.